Welcome to Fountain Springs Online. At Fountain Springs, we believe in showing unconditional love, irrational generosity, and being unwavering in our mission to show people who Jesus is. We are one church in multiple locations that exists to help grow and guide your relationship with Jesus. We are so glad you've joined us today, and we hope that we can encourage, challenge, and support you in your walk with Jesus. Feel free to join us this coming weekend at any of our locations and services, or call or email us so we can help you in any way. We are so glad that you've joined us today at Fountain Springs Online. Now let's turn our attention to this week's message. Hey guys, just got an email from an anonymous guy from uh, my name is Seamus O'Flanagan1992 at gmail.com. It says, hey Fountain Springs, my wife asked me to hang up some photos on the wall. I thought this would be easy, but I keep hitting my finger when I try to hold the nail. What gives? Please, do you have any advice for me? Uh, I happen to be an expert on this. So step one, uh, get a hammer, a nail, and clothespin. Step two, Hold the nail in the clothespin in the desired place on the wall. Step three, uh, hammer it in. And send. Nothing like our top minds solving the world's problems. You're welcome. Uh, well, I hope you guys are enjoying the, the chaos that uh, summer brings. It seems like people are really busy um, all the time. Our schedules are always packed, but then we just kick it up a notch when the warm weather shows up, and there's just no time for anything. And I know I talked to a lot of people who seem like they really wish that they could just streamline their calendar. If there was a way that they could make uh, just everything easier, uh, you know, apply some sort of life hack. Uh, well, th the term life hack actually comes from a few decades ago when computers uh, started getting faster and smarter and more complex. People who, you know, programmed them also started realizing that the amount of data within computers was bogging everything down. So they needed to find a way to uh, create these hacks in the codes uh, just to make everything more efficient. And uh, we've since used that term in our own life for these life hacks. So you've seen ones like we just showed, or, or maybe you use some in your everyday life. Uh, but we thought it would be a great idea going into summer when we're just busier than ever to uh, give you some applicable life hacks that, that you can take home and try. And I'm, I'm very excited because I get to start this series off talking about something that I, I believe is fundamental when it comes to our faith and our relationship with God. Uh, prayer is uh, a real basic definition. Uh, it's a communication between God and us. It's, th it's the building blocks of our relationship, and it is supposed to be incredibly simple and special and unique, and this connection that helps us know and believe that the creator of the universe actually wants to hear from us and wants to have a conversation with us. It is meant to be incredible. Uh, but it seems like the more you hear about prayer, 
the messier it gets. There's just so much stuff now that comes with it. We have lists of things that we have to do to say the right prayer. Uh, there's certain ways we have to stand or kneel or maybe jump. We have to have our hands folded, our eyes closed or open, our hands up in the air, maybe waving a flag, lifting a different music. There's all this stuff that just comes along with prayer that we're wondering, okay, what is the most uh, effective thing to do? Like, how do I do this right? And it can be very overwhelming. Uh, Well, we're not the first people to struggle with this. In in fact, uh, in the Bible, Jesus' disciples were also struggling, and so they ended up asking him for some help. And in Luke, it says this, Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now here were 12 men who grew up uh, in the Jewish faith and tradition. They've been around prayer their entire life, uh, but yet uh, with that comes all of the complexity and, and it, what seems like the mess of prayer. Guys who knew there were very certain things you had to do. There was very specific standards you had to uphold when it came to praying, and then they saw Jesus just off praying and it looked so easy. It looked so freeing, and they thought, Jesus, you have to show us. You have to teach us how you do that. And, and Jesus, understanding that who we are, tried to give them a very simple answer. And so he told them, okay, well, when you pray, pray this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Um, now, I'm, I'm betting this isn't your first time hearing this. Uh, you've probably seen it, potentially memorized it. So we should be good when it comes to prayer. I mean, really, if we have this up after a few minutes, if you want to mosey on out, that could really be the end of this. But it seems like, once again, we have just... We found ourselves struggling through prayer. You know, we see other people pray, and we think, okay, well, what are they doing? Because it seems like what they're doing is working. Or maybe if I, I read enough about it, maybe if I understand enough about it, then I can, I can start to do this. Uh, you know, I read an article recently that said 90% of people pray on a regular basis. However, an overwhelming number, a uh, percentage of that 90, feels insecure about their prayers. And that's not what prayer is supposed to to leave us feeling, this doubt and and wondering, okay, did I do the right thing? Did I say the right thing? Is is God going to listen to me? So so we thought, once again, um, we can try and and give you some steps that that we feel like would just simplify something that has become very complicated in prayer. And so today, the life half we're going to talk about is is prayer. And, And that starts with the first step which is release. Um, I think a lot of us walk into prayer, and, and again, we just, we aren't sure if we're saying or doing the right thing. Uh, when I knew I was going to talk about prayer, I started reading different articles, and one of them I came across was, was Keys to Effective Prayer. And uh, truthfully, there was a lot titled uh, Keys to Effective Prayer. And there were all of these things that you could do. And as I was reading through this article, I started realizing, okay, this is, this is really all good content, but it just seems like it's adding more stuff on top of what I'm already, I feel like I'm already supposed to do. And it's just kind of bogging me down. 
you know, now I read this article and, and there's five more things that I'm supposed to do to have effective prayer. And, and it seems like we're always on the search for the most effective way to pray. Uh, so we try these, these different techniques or different methods or we see someone do something and we're like, okay, well, we could do that. Or, or the real problem is we pray a certain way and then we wait for a response. And if we don't get that response, then we think, okay, well, Maybe I did something wrong, so I'll try something different, and so we try something else, or, or maybe this time, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray in the morning before I do anything else. Well, that didn't work, so I'm going to pray at night before I go to bed. Well, that didn't really work, and we just, we begin to feel like we're not doing this right. Well, maybe what we need to be doing is releasing all the pressure on ourselves because we are not in charge of prayer, the responsibility of prayer does not lie on us the way that, that we necessarily think it does. You know, we're so focused on making sure we say the right thing, do the right thing, use the right verbiage, that we get lost in this. Well, a while ago, God had even told us, you don't need to worry about any of that. See, he understood uh, that we may struggle with this. So in Romans, uh, he actually said this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example... We do not know what God wants us to pray for. I'm guessing a lot of us have been in these situations where we're like, Lord, I, I know I'm supposed to be praying. I have no idea what I am supposed to say, though. Well, thankfully, we don't need to. Uh, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Now, I know that that may sound weird, like, okay, what, is, what does that look like? What does that sound like? Uh, but the truth is that we put so much stress on ourselves to pray effectively, to say the right prayer, to make sure God is, is listening and will respond, uh, where he had told us a long time ago, hey, don't worry about that. In fact, if you don't even know what to say, don't worry about using words at all because he can take care of us. Uh, and even some of us are struggling thinking, well, what if, if I don't say the right thing, then how is God going to know uh, what he is supposed to do? If I don't give him the details, then how is he going to answer my prayer? Well, again... We have to believe that, that God knows better than we do. In those moments, we have to understand, okay, I, I, can, just, I can just release. Uh, well, well, maybe for us, we, we don't struggle with knowing what to say. Uh, maybe our problem is actually that we end up saying a little bit too much, or maybe we know a little, a little bit too much, and so it's not releasing this pressure to say the right thing. Uh, maybe for some of us, it's, it's our opinions that we actually need to release. Uh, so I have, I have a confession to make. Uh, I knew I was going to use the Lord's Prayer in this message. And uh, so I did what any good pastor should do, and I Googled it. And it showed up on the internet, and I, I frankly was appalled. <laughs> because it was not the Lord's Prayer. At least not my Lord's Prayer. Uh, and if you grew up in church, you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, look at this again. Look at the Lord's Prayer. Um, our Father in heaven, our Father who art in heaven, they messed up, hallowed be thy name, Jesus didn't say your, he said thy, thy kingdom come, and honestly, where's the rest of it? Uh, for thy is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever and ever, amen. Where's the rest of the prayer? <laughs> I, I have a very strong opinion about this, and I'm guessing a lot of us have opinions on this. You know, I grew up in a traditional Lutheran home, and so we used very specific verbiage for the Lord's Prayer every single week. And so now my opinion is, is pretty set. Uh, and a lot of us 
gets so opinionated in our prayers that it actually becomes less of a conversation and more of a, a time where we give God advice. Uh, you know, we show up and we say, okay, God, this is going on, and so really, if you could do this and this and this, and you know, this person is struggling, so if you could just do this for them, and I really need you to do this, and Lord, if you could just, if you could fix all this the way I want you to fix it, then we will be good, and everything is kind of based on our opinion, um, and, and while that's okay to have an opinion, God wants you to have opinion, there's a danger in focusing so much on just ours, and that's this. Your opinion complicates prayer. A lot of times what happens is we pray for something, and, and we think, okay, well, well, we know the situation. We know what needs to happen. So, so, God, you know what's going on, so if you could please do these specific things. And then he doesn't answer it the way we think he should. And so we think, well, that wasn't, that didn't work. Well, that's not very effective. And we begin to think that, well, God must not be listening because I asked him to do this certain thing and he didn't do it this way. And when we focus on our opinion, if we don't get our specific answer, it doesn't feel like we get an answer at all. But we've convinced ourselves. We've convinced ourselves that our opinion is right. Even if we think, okay, I... I know what's going on, and, and I think God and I are on the same page. Again, there's sometimes some danger when we rely uh, too heavily on our opinion because we can convince ourselves of some pretty dumb stuff. Uh, I became very aware of that when a few weeks ago I walked into a gas station and I saw something I honestly didn't think I'd see again. Uh, I saw these. Now, these aren't cigarettes. No, 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 no. Bubblegum. That's candy cigarettes that a long time ago, somebody in a company thought, hey, this is a good idea. They then went to somebody else, and they said, this is a good idea, and all the way down the line to where I got to buy these all the time as a kid, and I loved them. Like, this was right up there with the big league chew, you know, where you take the whole wad of purple bubble gum, and you'd stick it in your lip, and if you were a good ball player, you had to have that stuff. Well, this I would buy all the time, and uh, just to feel cool, and you know, you'd walk out of the gas station, and I'd take it and like slam the carton together. I don't know why. That's what the adults did, and so I thought that's what I should do. And then you know, you'd you'd post up on something, and you'd have one, and you'd just you'd smoke it. But then, since it was bubble gum, you could actually take a bite of it and blow actual bubbles instead of smoke. It was real cool. Not a great idea, but we were convinced that this was okay. That was our opinion at the time. Uh, I, th I think a lot of us probably have these, these prayers where they don't get answered the way we want. Uh, and then after some time, we realize, okay, God, I'm so thankful you did not answer that the way I wanted you to. I think a lot of us have these candy cigarette-style prayers where we, we think we know what's best, but then we look back and think, okay, God, yeah, obviously you knew something that I didn't, and so I'm glad you didn't listen to me. You know, Jesus knew all of these struggles that his disciples and just everyone is going to go through. He knew that they would have pressure on themselves to say the right thing. He knew that they would focus on their opinion. And so he was very specific when trying to give them this simple prayer, which is actually why he said this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What if the only thing we needed to say in a prayer, is, Lord, I, I just want your will done in my life. 
Lord, whatever you want to happen, that's what I want to happen. Well, what about other people? Well, what if, what if when praying for someone else, you think, okay, Lord, you know that situation better than I do. You know what's best for them, so, so your will be done in their life. Just imagine how simple prayer could be if you didn't have to solve anything. You didn't have to come up with an answer. You simply just had to say, Lord, you know better than I do. So whatever you want to do here, Lord, that's what, that's what I want to happen. You know, if, if we were to release all of that that we place on ourselves, it would actually open us up to being able to hear him the way he wants us to, which leads us to our second step, uh, which is listen. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure you guys are going to roll your eyes at me because we've always heard listen when it comes to prayer. You know, you, you hear those, well, I have two ears and only one mouth and the power's in the silence and all that stuff. Yeah, we get that. Well, I actually don't, I, I don't think the answer is to show up and shut up like I was always told growing up. Because I honestly, I think we hear a lot. I really think that's actually the problem is, is there's so much that we're trying to listen to that we don't understand which voice is actually God. So I'm sure a lot of us have situations like this where, where we start to pray over something specific and, and we think, okay, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm struggling at work and, and I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. Do I quit? Do I stay there? Do I say something? Lord, will, will you please tell me what to do? And then you hear this. You just need to stick it out. Don't give up. Why would you put up with all this? Just junk? chalk it up to another Way failure. Way to make your life. parents proud. Things will get better if you it's just time give to leave. It time. Grass is definitely greener this somewhere else. This isn't your fault. They caused this all to happen. Okay. So, Lord, I heard I heard a bunch of stuff. I I don't know which one is you. So I'm just I, I heard one of them really loud. So that's that's where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the one that I heard the loudest. Uh, well, the real struggle is for most of us, the loudest voice we hear is normally not God. And so then, even though we, we have convinced ourselves that, that we heard something, we find out later down the road that we haven't. I've talked to many people, and, I, and I've had it in times in my life where I'm convinced, no, I heard God say something very specific, and then after some time and, and more than likely some pain, I realize, okay, that, that wasn't God at all. That was, that was definitely me, or that was, that was definitely somebody else. It wasn't him. But it should be, and it, it can be. His voice can be the loudest in our head. In fact, that's what he wants. In John, he says this, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. We should be able to hear him louder than every, anyone else. But how? How do we, how do we hear him above everything else? Because honestly, I can't say we're going to be able to deafen everything else. You'll never be able to to just silence all of the other noise in our life. That's not possible. So how can we hear him louder than anything else that we hear every single day? Well, that, again, is a, a fairly simple answer. Um, you know, I have, a, I have a baby girl, and so every single day I pick her up from daycare. And when you walk into the, the daycare and you open those doors, you are just overwhelmed by kids making noise, just doing what they do best. And you can't hear anything. Uh, well, one day I was walking in, and, and it was just it was loud as usual. You hear all these kids yelling and screaming and crying, uh, but I heard one very distinct cry that instantly I was like, okay, that's mine. That's her right there. Uh, and that was her. You, I could hear her through everything else. And that's not some cool, magical dad power. 
Uh, it's, it's really just because I hear her cry every single day for a good portion of the day. You get to know the sounds you hear all of the time. I was talking to my friend the other day who has a dog, and he said it's the same at a dog park. When you hear your dog bark every single day, you know what your dog sounds like. The voice you listen to the most, that you hear the most, is normally the loudest in your head. So is the voice that you're listening to the most God's? If you want to know, are you reading his word? Because that's the only way you're going to actually be able to hear him. You can't, you can't try and figure out what his voice sounds like if you're not reading his Bible every single day. See, that's why he gave us this book. So that when he tells us something, we know exactly what he sounds like. And, and I have to lovingly warn you, if, if you believe that spending an hour with us each week is going to help you hear his voice above all the others, it's just not going to work. If you want to be able to simplify your prayers, if you want to be able to listen, you need to read his word every single day. There's no shortcuts to that. It's simple, not necessarily easy. Uh, but, uh, but there's something that's, that's just as important with that, because I think, I think there are people in here that that you know what God's voice sounds like. You hear him, you read his word. Uh, the struggle isn't hearing him, the struggle is listening because there is a difference uh, between the two. And I actually think Alan Alda uh, said it best. He, he said this, listening is being able to be changed by the other person. So imagine if my wife every single night told me, hey, I need you to clean up your dishes like you're making a mess. I said, okay, I hear you. And then the next night, she was like, hey, I, uh, I, <laughs> I told you you need to clean up after yourself. And I'm like, yep, I hear you. And the next night, she was like, seriously, like, you should start doing this. I'm like, I hear you. I do. But I never do anything. Could I actually say I'm listening? See, there's a, there's a certain amount of action that's necessary in order to be able to listen to God. And, and that takes us to our third and final step, which is to respond. Now, really, there are, there are two types of prayer, or at least prayer mindsets, that we get ourselves into. And that's this. There's the reactive prayer and the responsive prayer. And so what I mean is, if you are in this reactive prayer mindset, uh, you're very emotionally driven. You, you pray, and then you kind of wait to see how God answers it or changes the circumstances to decide what you now believe about prayer. A lot of these prayers are, are prayers that we ask, like, Lord, we're struggling with finances. And then if finances don't get better, then we think, okay, well, I, God, I prayed you didn't answer. That's a reactive prayer mindset. A, a responsive prayer mindset is more of a thoughtful decision. You're saying, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and regardless of the circumstances, I'm going to respond the way that you want me to. See, God wants us to be able to respond a certain way, uh, especially when we're praying, because he doesn't want us to come to him and pray and then wonder, oh, well, I don't know if that was real or not, or I don't know if God is even listening. He does not want us to show up in doubt when we pray. And in fact, in James, it, it says this, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. 
And I know if, if, if you have ever been struggling with this reactive prayer mindset, you know exactly what that feels like. You know, you, you pray for something, and then if the circumstances don't change for the better, then you start thinking, God, I just don't know why you wouldn't listen. Like, why would, why would you not answer my prayer? I, I prayed for this, and it didn't happen. Or I prayed for this person, and nothing changed. And we start to doubt that, that God is even around, that he's even listening, that he, that he even cares. See, the, the greatest danger with this reactive prayer mindset is this, is uh, reacting can weaken our trust in God. We've all gone through these seasons of where it feels like God's not answering our prayer. Our circumstances aren't getting better and we're really starting to doubt whether or not he actually even listens. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's not even there. And we may try different things. We may go through different techniques or read different things. But it all comes down to the fact that I just don't know if any of this matters. I don't know if anything that I'm doing matters. Whereas when we get ourselves into the responsive prayer mindset, we can start to look at everything knowing, okay, God, whatever the circumstances, I'm going to believe that you are here with me. Uh, there's a great story in the Bible I, I wanted to end with today that just explains this responsive prayer mindset. Um, it's about a man named Daniel in the Old Testament who uh, was actually working in the Babylonian government at the time, and he was rising up through the ranks really quickly. You know, the king loved him, the people loved him, however the other leaders and officials did not. And they knew he was a man of God, so they started coming up with this plan of, okay, if, if we can just find a way to, to trick him or to trap him, then we can finally get rid of him. Uh, so they come up with this plan uh, to put Daniel in a corner, and it says this in Daniel. Uh, the royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce that decree, that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. So they think they have him here. You know, they think, okay, uh, he's going to have to react in some way. Either he is going to quit praying, which then we win, or he dies. Either way, it's a good day for us. And now they're just waiting on Daniel. And uh, Daniel has a great opportunity right now to start to panic. Uh, I'm, I'm sure some of us would start to panic if there was a new law saying, if you pray, you die. We would probably panic. He has the ability to react and say, okay, God, you know what? I know that you want me to pray, uh, but it's not smart right now. It's not what I should do. I'm going to protect myself, and therefore, I'm just going to let all of this blow over. So if I don't pray for you, to you for like the next 30 days, it really, it'll be fine. But again, he doesn't react. He responds knowing how God wants him to respond. So he goes back, and he prays. And, and I'm guessing he prayed with a little more urgency this time, but... Regardless, he continued to pray, and this is what happened. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. So right away, it seems like the prayer is not working. Okay, God, I did what you wanted me to do. They came up with this rule. I thought, listen, I, I believe in God, so therefore I'm going to keep praying. And now I'm in this pit with a bunch of hungry lions, and I don't have a whip to protect myself. I can full-on freak out now, right? Like, I can panic in this moment because I'm, I'm, I'm gone. Like, I'm not surviving this. 
In fact, it, it gets even worse. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed with it his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. He could have looked at this and thought, God, I did what you wanted me to do. I prayed, and my circumstances just went from bad to worse. And, well, now I'm dead. So what do I do now, God? Because I'm certainly dead. He has all the ability in the world, all the justification to start reacting and panicking. But Daniel knew something very important about prayer. And it wasn't just about that when you pray, God is there for you. But like I said earlier, it's the building blocks of this relationship we have with God. He understood that his prayer has been building this trust between him and God. See, he knew this about prayer. Responding can strengthen our trust in God. Now, you need to understand that this does not mean it can strengthen our trust in God answering the prayers the way we want him to but it can strengthen our trust in knowing, okay, God, you, you know what's going on, and I'm going to trust that whatever you're doing is the right thing. Whatever happens here, whatever circumstance I'm in, I, I got to trust that you have this. That's the sort of trust that Daniel now has. Notice he's in a pit. He doesn't have to look at life that way. He doesn't have to view God that way. He could have seen this as complete broken trust. God, I prayed to you and you failed me and now I don't trust you at all. Again, something we've all struggled with. But he continued to respond. What I find so great is in this moment, Daniel's sitting in a pit, but he's not focused on the pit. See, he's still trusting that, okay, this is not great, I'm sure he wouldn't choose this, but God has him. I think a lot of us have spent so long in this reactive prayer mindset that we are always focused on the pit. We can't seem to get our eyes off of the circumstances at had, always just saying, God, I just need you to fix this. Uh, I don't care about what else is going on. I just need you to fix this situation, and that's all we focus on. It's easy to get stuck in the pit. For Daniel, it it changed everything. In the end, he spent the entire night in a pit, completely unharmed. Uh, And this is how that story ends. The king was so overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. See, Daniel didn't, Daniel wasn't trusting that, okay, God is going to uh, make sure I don't fall into this pit. That's not where his trust was. His trust wasn't in that God was going to take care of every circumstance the way Daniel wanted. His trust was in the fact that God wasn't going to leave him. And isn't that why we all pray? I mean, isn't that why we even cry out to God or, or, you know, talk in our car or talk in our mind or do any of this praying just to know that, that God is there with us? Isn't, isn't that what we really want? 
See, that's the great thing about trying to simplify our prayers. Now, I, I, I should let you know that if your hope was to hear this and think, okay, how can I simplify my prayer to make sure that when I pray next time, God answers it the way I want? or to make my prayer more effective or make it more powerful or to allow me to pray the right prayer, if that is your hope, you've kind of already missed it. Simplifying your prayer builds trust. The whole reason we pray is not to get things that we want. It's to draw closer to God. It's to know that when we talk to him, he's listening. To know that he's actually there with us. Yes, the circumstances might not be great, but it doesn't mean he's abandoned us. It doesn't mean he doesn't care that he's not listening or he doesn't exist. Somewhere along the line, we have decided that prayer is necessary to get things we want from God. The whole reason we pray is to get to know him. And simplifying it can build our trust. So today we, we wanted to end a little different. Uh, so we decided to, to try and create just the, the most simple prayer we could for you guys to pray. So in a moment, we're going we're gonna to fade everything out. We're going to turn the lights off. Don't be alarmed. Don't try and sneak out. The lights are still on out there. But uh, we want to give you this opportunity to create a a simple prayer life with God, to just streamline everything, to take something that is messy and with so much pressure that comes behind it and so much baggage that we seem to feel with prayer and just simplify everything the way Jesus wanted it to be. So we have this prayer for you. Lord, help me to choose your opinion over mine to hear your voice over all others and to always respond in love. Take some time and don't just say this once in your mind and then move to your phone. Take some time to dive into what God is trying to tell you right now. Take some time to draw closer to him with the simplest prayer you can pray. Take that time. Lord, you have given us something so incredible. 
this, this connection to you, to the creator of everything that we each individually and personally get. What a powerful thing we have in prayer. Lord, somewhere along the line, we, uh, we got off track with what prayer is supposed to be. So I pray that you just bring us back. You put us in a place where we can simply ask for your will done in our life and, and walk that out, Lord. Whatever it is, whatever your opinion is, whatever your desire is, whatever your hope is, that's what we want. We want your kingdom here on earth. Lord, we want to hear you. So teach us to hear you by listening every single day, by reading your word every single day so we can learn to hear your voice through all of the other noise. And Lord, help us to understand that we're always going to have an opportunity to either react or respond, and we can always choose to respond. Most of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us come to this table. And just know that you're listening. Know that you're right here with us. Thank you for being here, Lord. In your name we pray.